head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast right now to support the podcast and sign up for our premium content and now here's the podcast the pride of limerick the young man named sean sheehan the mma media don graham mcdonald the severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 161 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan and with me, like every week, is Antonio Conte of Irish MMA media, Graham McDonald. As we delve in to another week of MMA brilliance and breakdowns and bouts. I suppose <laughs> that that uh, intro wasn't very well prepared. Very Graham, how are you? I, I, do you want to tell people about how we came to? We we're actually doing a podcast earlier news. We were supposed to do it later news. Well, do you want to tell the people what happened? That <laughs> Sean was recording uh, the size up, and uh, I got Pat, his brother, to interrupt him to tell him uh, I need to do the podcast earlier rather than later, uh, and he he blew a gasket. <laughs> I had to tell him, to tell Pat, to tell him that we talk about it later when he'd calm down. <laughs> I actually, I went full mile. <laughs> I actually went full mile. There's, there's video of like three seconds of it, so it might be. Oh, brilliant! Get that up. Get that up on Patreon. I <laughs> <laughs> just like for fucks. <laughs> yeah, I went. Uh, I went. I told you, man. I told you. I, I literally did because he, he just like he didn't live with me. Like he lives in his, his own house, and he called over and he's like, oh, "I must just get something there from there's some tool or something from the shed." And I was like, "Oh, grand! I'm recording the the thing now." And like ten minutes went, and I then I hear him fucking coming up the stairs. And, what the fuck is he doing? I was like trying to pull I, the. I told him to. I told him to. I was like Abby Grant. <laughs> and I saw you ringing. Like I was like, all right, I'm ringing back afterwards. And fuck's sake, it was, it was very mad. But yeah, if you see any bad editing in it, you can fucking blame Graham and Patrick for that too. Never liked them. Never liked them. But uh, how was how was your weekend anyway? Absolutely roasting here. I got sunburned for the first time in my life this weekend. So yeah, I didn't get sunburned, but yeah, it's been it's been hard. It's 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 it's, it's actually kind of. It's kind of fucking. I don't know. You forget how nice it is when when it's sunny after what nine months of, of winter. Yeah, <laughs> Dublin just looks better when it's when it's sunny. Can Dublin look any worse? So yeah, probably does in fairness. But I forgot last night how how it's like what it's like to be warm at night. It's literally it's been like fucking fourteen months or something since I've been actually been warm at night, and I don't like it. It's it's fucking, it's, it's torture being warm at night. I don't know how people over all get a fan going. <laughs> you do need to get a fan going. I can't get one going during the podcast as well because it'll be very loud and I'm here sweating fucking buckets. But anyway, let's get into, uh, let's get into some MMA talk. And we really had no events this weekend. Although, did you see, um, yeah, did you see Haraguchi and, and, uh, and uh, Ian McCall, I suppose we can talk about that before we uh, we get into yeah, it. Yeah, it, uh, it was very quick. He hit him with like a short left and McCall looked like he was all right, but the ref stopped it. But actually then it looked like it was actually a good stoppage because McCall was kind of wrestling at the ref's feet and then he kind of was unsteady when he was trying to stand up. So uh, it, it could have went a tiny bit longer, but uh, I think the stoppage was actually justified in the end due to McCall's reaction. Yeah, at the time I thought it was an early stoppage, um, but then I saw McCall getting up and he was falling all over the place. So I was like, "Fine with it." Although that's never a good, you know, that's never a good judge of whether a fight should be stopped or not, really, because you know, you know, the referee doesn't know he's falling around uh, when he gets back up when he's actually on the ground and when he stops it. But yeah, yeah. well, maybe the ref saw his eyes or some, you know, yeah. you, never, you never know what the ref saw. Like he's, he's right beside it, and um, maybe maybe he saw something that you couldn't see on the the camera angle. 
yeah, it was definitely like it was definitely a good stoppage. But I'm saying like if you're justifying the stoppage f- because of that, it's a bad one. But if the referee did see something, you know, it's obviously a very good stoppage. And you know, it, you know, afterwards it obviously shows it, it, you know that it, it was a good stoppage because of what happened. But Haraguchi, that's a man who's who's I don't know if he's underrated, but he's unbelievably good. I, I I said it last week in the podcast, and I didn't even realize he was fighting this week. But we he came out. I think it was the uh, it was the state of the UFC podcast actually. Yeah. I said that he's the second best flyweight in the world, and I, I still 100% believe that. I know Henry Cejudo and other guys, uh, and Joseph Benavides are very good as well and could lay a claim to that, but I think he is a really good fighter, and it'd be a shame if he never came back and fought Demetrius Johnson again, and, you know, it's he's probably making a good bit of money out there in Ryzen. You know, how many guys, you know, Uncle Creepy is a, was a good matchup for him. He beat him in nine seconds. <laughs> so, you know, what's going to be next? Maybe they could make a rematch and that down the line somewhere, although a nine-second fight, it's it's hard to, to say. But do you think Haraguchi is the second best? You know, he's he really has it everywhere. His striking is unbelievably good. He's, he's as fast as Dimitri Shanson. You know, he's good on the ground. Just really great everywhere, isn't he? Yeah, no, he really is. He's he's really fast as well, and um, I think like maybe because he lost Demetrius Johnson, um, people kind of just write him off as a just another contender, but you know, just another guy that Demetrius Johnson has beaten. Um, even though like it was a it was a pretty competitive fight early on, and then Demetrius mm-hmm. Johnson took over, and obviously he got that last second armbar. But uh, I, I I think like Demetrius Johnson just on another level. You kind of write that off nearly as like just look at him against everybody else and like Ian McCall obviously isn't isn't what he used to be and he's 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 on the, the back end of his career but taking him out that quickly and that easily is is very impressive and even even Haraguchi before he left the UFC was 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 on a tear uh bar the bar the Dem- Demetrius Johnson fight and looked great and people were surprised when he left but I, I just think the UFC thought he doesn't really draw he doesn't really draw money so they, they let him go but I think I think it was a mistake and I think everybody kind of at the time was saying it was a mistake to let him go uh, sporting wise anyway yeah 100% yeah and uh, a couple of other results there from that uh, from that rising cards uh, Darren Krushank got a good uh, first round head kick KO again something, you know something he's obviously no, known for yeah, uh, lovely actually wasn't it yeah, very good, uh, very good. Very good. Yeah, I saw, I saw it. What, I don't Did know, he flip I, your man off afterwards? Or, I, I don't know if he gave him the finger or if he kind of like just put his fist out. It was weird. I could, yeah. yeah, I've always been a big fan of Darren, uh, Darren Cruzshank. You know, he's, I think he's a very good fighter and you know, he's doing, doing good over on Rising as well. Uh, Diego Nunes, ex uh, UFC guy, I believe, as well. Uh, Yusuke Yachi beat him via split decision. I didn't see the fight, but uh, apparently it was a. Uh, it was a close one. There was a few other good. Uh, it was an Anaconda choke on that card as well. A, good, uh, a couple of good knockouts as well on the night. Uh, I think Rebecca Hitman has most of the gifts and stuff up. So if you didn't catch it, uh, that's probably uh, that's probably the best place to catch it. But Ryzen, you know, they they do f- kind of slip under the radar, I suppose. And you know, I didn't even know that card was on until yesterday. You know, one of the probably one of the best fights outside the UFC. And we, you know, it's someone who's covering the sport all the time didn't even know it's on until the day before. You know, I was talking to Pizzi about it. Uh, you know, he was kind of telling me where to watch it and stuff because he was covering it from Vining, I believe. But yeah, it's, maybe they could do a little bit better. Um, you know, you know, with planning cards and you know, getting them out there. Uh, they had they had a bit of a, a link up with Bellator not so long ago. Maybe maybe that's something they need to do better uh, and, and better Bellator could help them promote it a little bit you know maybe like they do with Bama um, but yeah it's it, Horizon are doing good things but obviously they're not they're still not up there with, with Bellator and UFC yet are they? No but there are, that was I think that was their 10th show so they're they're still young and 
um it takes a while to kind of to get everything right like they, they have some really good fighters on their roster like as we were talking Haraguchi is like probably top two three in his division in the world so um Ian McCall's obviously was a longtime champion before the, the UFC had the division and they're good guys but maybe maybe they're they're they if they got a TV deal or they had a stream that was a stream that was free and uh, uh, instead of have, charging people I think it's too early to be too early to be to people don't know them the, the, the brand awareness isn't there to be char, to be charging people and and uh, for casuals to buy that so uh what's going on in the background there i managed to get up and get my bottle of water there while you were talking but carry on <laughs> you could have muted it <laughs> I, I know i should have sorry go on um but uh you're only talking just, shite anyway who cares yeah i know you know yeah uh, it's early days for them they're, they're, they, they've been trying to mix and mixing things up a bit with the with the ring instead of the cage and stuff which i'm not that big a fan of but um I, I don't think it's a, a hindrance like to them i think it's just teething problems and get, getting the right deals and placing the right streams and knowing how to promote their card properly is it's just going to take time i think but i think they're they're a good or a promising promotion Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, let's move on to UFC two two four, which goes down this week in the Jornesia Arena in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, on the twelfth of May two thousand and eighteen, and it sees the women's bantamweight title up for grabs in the main event. It's weird for me to talk about this because I just did the size up literally about five minutes ago and said everything about this fight. So I'm going to let you talk about it for first. But let let me just say this: I actually already kind of talked about it on the last podcast as well for ages. Yeah, you did, but you're fucking. We have to do it again. Uh, but we didn't talk about it that much. But I, I think it's it's an interesting fight. You know, Raquel Pennington hasn't fought since November twelfth, uh, two thousand and sixteen. So that's you know that's a long time out of the cage. Amanda Nunes then hasn't fought since the ninth of September last year, which is you know still what it's coming up to what eight nine months. So that's a you know a bit a bit out of the cage as well. Um, this is if it, it's not the most interesting fight in the world, I think. But what do you what do you think about that? You know, obviously you've been around uh, McGregor's camp and stuff before. And being around fighters backstage and so forth. What do you think about layoffs like that and how much they actually affect people coming into fights? Um it depends on what it is. Like if, if it's an injury, I think it I think it does because but if you're if if you're just taking time off to improve to improve your game, I, I um obviously if you go three, four or five years and stuff like like Nick Nick Diaz and people like that are looking at now, it's obviously gonna be I think you're definitely gonna be rusty, but I don't know if if a year and a half like it depends on what you what you've been doing in the last year and a half have you been rehabbing have you been staying in shape have you been improving your game or have you just been you know on the beer <laughs> it really depends but i i think um i think no matter what i think amanda nunez is gonna gonna have and would have too much for for pennington like I, pennington's a good fighter and she has some like she has a split decision win over Bech Cohea, which is a good win she has a she has her best win is probably that choke over jessica and Draj. Jessica Andrade like was, she was like fighting twenty pounds up from where she's fighting now, and she she just she's much better fit for the division she's in now one fifteen, but uh, like when she lost when Raquel Pennington lost to Holly Holm, it was a very close uh, fight as well. So she she's in close fights and she she makes it kind of she she kind of makes people fight her game a lot. But I think Amanda Nunes is is going to have too much for her. I think we're going to see the Amanda Nunes, the fiver and Amanda Nunes where she doesn't go balls to the wall early. She kind of takes her time and uh, I may think she get like a late TKO, maybe fourth or fifth round. But um, I think Pennington's good everywhere, but I don't think she has anything outstanding that's going to trouble Amanda Nunes too much. Yeah. I think this is, I mentioned on the size of which people probably listen 
the later on the week. I, it's very much a yin and a yang of MMA. And uh, yeah, I kind of mentioned there that it's, you know, someone who's very much a counter fighter and someone who's an attacking fighter. I'll get into that in a second. But I think this is someone who has all the natural gifts in the world against someone who has no natural gifts and everything she does is with intelligence and that she has learned. And I'm not saying Nunes hasn't learned things as well because she has, you know, the natural gifts are no good if you don't put stuff behind them to, to learn them and to use them. And in fact, I've mentioned it before uh, on other podcasts that I think she is so good. And I think she's the most talented person in the world because she uses those gifts better than anyone else. But my thing about Pennington is I, I was watching fights of hers last night and you know, if someone asked me how they should fight, and I was thinking about Rio Ferdinand, you know, he wasn't able to box, and I was thinking if he if he went into MMA, how should he fight? I, I tell him to watch Raquel Pennington and fight like her. I think if if you've never fought before, if you're someone coming in, and and you know, obviously Rio Ferdinand's an unbelievable athlete and all that, so maybe that's a bad example. But if someone's coming in doing MMA new, you know, maybe having a white collar MMA fight or whatever you want to call it fight like Raquel Pennington because what she does it doesn't take any great athleticism it doesn't take any great power it doesn't take any great speed or anything like that it takes it takes all of those things it, you know you, you have to have all those things if you've none of those things you're going to be no good but it, does, it you don't have to be mega brilliant at any of them but it takes intelligence more than anything and I think that's what she is. she's an intelligent fighter she she's a very much a counter fighter and I don't mean just countering as in, you know, Conor McGregor, Jose Aldo countering the shot or whoever you want to, you know, however many counterfighters, Dominic Cruz or whoever you want to talk about as a counterfighter. She counters everything, not just punches, not just kicks. She counters everything. Everything she does is to counter apart from her jab. She she leads very well with her jab and comes in with, with stuff behind her when she draws out shots to counter. But everything she does, if you go in with a takedown, she'll come back, she'll counter, she'll get out the way. She will let you lead with her throw combinations and she'll counter with combinations or stuff. If you throw a leg kick, she'll check it and throw back a leg kick. Everything she does is with her opponent in mind. And that that's something it's not, I wouldn't say it's it's rare, but it's someone to do it, you know, almost exclusively countering like that. It is rare. Now, as I mentioned, the jab and, and she throws the jab very well, and that's something she does well, but I think that's that's an interesting thing coming into this fight because Nunes is the opposite in. You know, she's an attacking fighter. She never wants to counter anything. She All she does is go forward. As I said, use her natural gifts very, very well. Jab and combo behind it. You know, we saw what she did to Misha Dayton and Ronda Rousey. Absolutely devastating power and speed and everything good on the ground. You know, she's an, an attacking beast. So that's... Just before we, you know, kind of get into how it might go, how it might look, I think that's interesting just to see, you know, we usually talk about kind of fight, uh, maybe uh, strikers against wrestlers or jiu-jitsu guys against wrestlers or whatever. But this is very much a countering fighter against an attacking fighter. And that's always, that's always kind of the recipe for an interesting fight, isn't it? Yeah, no, it is. Um, uh, I don't think too many like casual fans are going to be that interested in this fight. Maybe they, they, they might even know who Raquel Pennington is, but... Uh, uh, the, the pay-per-view may, may suffer because of that but the, they, they, they've st- they've kind of like stacked the, the main card underneath it a bit uh well try to as much as they as much as they they can these days with how many cards they have like you know people like machida and belfort down the card so i think it's a it's a good chance uh it's a good chance for raquel pennington because uh as as like i was saying the the, the rustiness won't um won't affect amanda nunez but she's been known to tire out as well so it's it's a possibility that if 
Raquel Pennington can, as you were saying, kind of do the basics right and just kind of fight to a solid game plan that if she she gets late, the, the opportunities may arise. I, I don't think she'll do it, but there, there's definitely a possibility there. Um, maybe the, the, the there might be a tiny bit of rust. It's really hard to know, but um, I think I think she probably has the better cardio than historically than Amanda Nunes. So maybe that's a, somewhere where she can do it with the basics, as you were saying, just kind of get the basics right, stick to a good game plan, don't do anything silly and try to try to get the fight late and hope that Amanda Nunes is, is, uh, is, is more tired than she is by the time that, by the, by the fourth and fifth rounds. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's an always a, a tough game plan in MMA. It's something you can do in boxing and we see it an awful lot in boxing, but to drag the fight late and win it there is, is tough because you have to, you know, you have to go through a combine harvester of Amanda Nunes, to, you know, to get laid. You you have to take a lot of shots, and you know, if, if your plan is to go late, does that mean that she's gonna fade and you're gonna pick up and win the fight, or does that mean she's gonna beat the absolute shit out of you for three and a half rounds, maybe, and then she gets a little bit tired <laughs> and, and it turns into a slap fest? Like that, that's something that could could easily happen as well. So I think that's that's tough, but yeah. like. I think it's a skill disparity, though, that maybe that could be the best the best opportunity. Mm-hmm. But, you know, MMA, anything can happen. And maybe she, she and her and her team have a game plan that's completely different to that and uh, probably much better than, than my game plan. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I was kind of trying to think of it. What would she do? What could she do? And that was we came up with the kind of the same thing. Run it late, try to get there. But that's going to be difficult as well. Maybe a lot of clinching, although her clinch... her, her, her Roman, Greco Roman wrestling clinic. Yeah. <laughs> her, her clinch is good. Her offensive clinch is good, but her defensive clinch isn't great. She can be taken down as well. And Nunes is very good trips and stuff from a clinch. So that's, an, that's something I don't think that's going to work out unbelievably well for her. But maybe even if she, you know, if she does take it to the ground, you know, be very defensive on the ground, hold Nunes up, try to make her expend energy, just do nasty, rotten little things to, to Nunes to get her there, you know, be very defensive on the feet and have Nunes within those big shots. You know, David Hay versus Tony Bellew was last night, and Bellew talked about that before or after the Actually, first Actually, I didn't even see that. What, what happened? Uh, Bellew knocked him out in the fifth round, I believe. He knocked right. him down twice before that, and uh, in the third, and he was on very wobbly legs, and then he just finished him off. Did he have like a sore tower or something? Or was it? No, he was grand. He didn't make any excuses. <laughs> yeah. Well, his leg did look fucked up from the very start. I think that's just uh, an ongoing huge problem uh, with him. But yeah, we will get to that maybe more again later on. But uh, the point just on uh, on Pinnington and Nunes again is like if she can make her miss. That's a good way of making her expend energy as well. Like because t- t- trying to think of ways she can win. How can she win? Maybe you know it's MMA. She can land a, a big punch, maybe or get it, get a takedown and get a submission. But I find that nigh on impossible to to see. Um, like if you were to make a percentage, what percentage do you think chance that Raquel Pennington has a win in this fight? Uh, maybe between five and ten percent, something like that. Yeah. I I'd agree. Yeah, I I don't think I don't think she's a big chance at all. And I think Raquel Pennington's a very good fighter. You know, I like her style. As I mentioned, you know, <laughs> I'm wax lyrical about her style there for a minute. I think she, I think she has done so well to get where she has with, with what she has. I'm I'm so impressed with her. And uh, I, you know, when you have ability and you work hard. There's nothing that can beat you. Like hard work won't beat ability and hard work. And Nunes kind of has both of those things. I, I, you know, when I when I do do the size up and do these things and stuff, I like to go back and maybe read all things I've, I've you know, written before or all size ups or you know, after watching the fights. And 
one thing I, I said about Nunez is, and I mentioned it earlier on, is how well she uses her physical attributes, how well she uses her power, how well she uses her speed. And that's the thing most people, they can't do. You know, do we, we see some very good athletes, some powerful guys in MMA, and, you know, sometimes they can do it, and other times they can't. Like, look at even Johnny Hendricks. You know, he was unbelievable, well able to use his power, he was able to use his wrestling, and then it just kind of fell off. And like, why did it fall off? Why can't he get it back? And just, you kind of just something clicks with you and you know your, your mindset has to be unbelievably good and you have to be able to put everything together and that's not easy to do and then amanda nunes does it now like she, maybe she could fall off and uh, go like johnny hendrix and that could happen as well. but I, I don't think so i think she just has that good mindset she has that click in her head that she can use everything and for raquel pennington that is uh that's very unfortunate and i don't think it's um i don't think it's going to end well for her. i think it's probably going to be stoppage the first two three rounds what do you think? Do you, do you think Raquel Pennington, if she has that plan to bring it late, do you think that is possible in, in a five-round fight that she can bring it late, or do you think it's it's going to be early? Um, I think it'll probably be Nunes in the, the the later rounds, the fourth or fifth. I think I think Raquel Pennington might try and bring it there, but I think I think she's going to eat some damage on, uh, on the way and probably not be the same herself. And I think maybe some kind of ground and pound or something like that. Uh, in the fourth or fifth round, or maybe just a dominant decision. But it's 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 a tough one for Raquel Pennington. But when the there isn't there isn't many methods of victory for her that I can I can see realistically happening. Yeah, it's tough as well. Like you know, even what's coming next after, like for for Nuna. So this this is a big fight for her. I think she needs to make a, a statement here, maybe with a Chris Cyborg fight coming up in the future. You know, maybe Ronda Rousey will come in and hit her with a steel chair and knock her out and uh, help Raquel, Raquel Pennington win it. Although she was on uh, on Team Tate and and the Ultimate Fighters, also maybe uh, maybe that won't happen. But I'm I'm looking forward to the first minute or two of this fight. Uh, to see how well Pennington can actually do at avoiding those big shots. You know, if she can make her miss, if she can whiff, maybe she can take it late. But uh, yeah, I, I find it very hard to see. And I think uh, I think uh, Nunes will connect hard, will connect early. And I think she'll get the, the finish in the first two or three uh, rounds of that one. All right, let's move on to the co-main event. And this is another interesting kind of fight. Uh, yin and Yang kind of fight again. You have the, the, the striking... And a li little bit of wrestling of Kelvin Gaslam, and then you have a little bit of striking and a lot of wrestling and jujitsu of uh, Ronaldo Jacare Souza. Uh, what way do you think this fight's gonna go? You know, we talked about Gaslam before, and maybe how size will will be a factor in some of these fights. And we saw that against uh, Chris Weidman and Jacare. I think is is even bigger than him. Do you think that could be a factor here? How how do you see this one going? Yeah, I think I think it could go a number of ways, but I think I think it's gonna end up with Jacare uh, getting a submission, probably like that. Weidman, well, I know Weidman is a very very good grappler, like he's he's underrated grappler, but I think Jacare is uh, uh, even better than, than Weidman. And, and okay, Gaslam maybe has worked on worked on that since since the Weidman fight. I'm sure he has, and he's a really good grappler himself. But uh, I think Jacare only loses to the to the very top level people, and I think Kelvin Gaslam's. He he has the potential to get there, but he just hasn't been consistent enough. He he's a bit small for the weight class as well, and um, I just think Jack Ray's gonna be be able to get him down and and probably finish him at some stage with submission. Yeah, I'm very I'm very unsure of this one. I have picked Jacare just because of watching that Weidman fight. You know what you mentioned there, but I I don't think Jacare is as good a wrestler as Chris Chris Weidman. I think he's obviously better jujitsu and unbelievable jujitsu, but. I think it might be harder for him to take 
uh, widen or to take uh, Gastelum down. Uh, I think Gastelum is is basically going to have to bowl the perfect game here to win it. I think it's going to have to be a long jab, uh, use your speed, stay away from Jacare, stay perfect for a full fifteen minutes, uh, and and try to win it that way. Maybe a little bit like like Condit and Diaz, although not you know not as bad, not maybe not as defensive as that. Uh, so you know that's. Always something that's so now it can be done, and, and I think Gaslam's a good game planner, and I think he's well able to stick to a plan like that. So it can be done, but and it's easier to do it over 15 minutes as well. But I find it hard to, to do that against someone who is as good as Jacare Souza. It's going to be hard to stay perfect for that much. You're going to make the need to make him pay an awful lot more, uh, and, and use your power an awful lot more. Now, Gaslam's power has translated up the middleweight. You know, we saw him knocking out uh, Michael Bisping. You know, we saw him against uh, Tim Kennedy knocking him out late. Yeah, Bisping thing though was like Bisping was in there too quick after being badly rocked in GSP and stuff. That's Maybe true. that's true. That, that, well. that could have been a factor in that. But obviously, Gaslam can only can only knock out what's in front of him, mm-hmm. and he did. We did easily. He did easily. So yeah, fairness fair to him. That, yeah. That. And that's a good point as well. Like, you know, as I said, the, the power has translated, but is it going to translate against someone like Jacare, you know, who isn't coming in on short notice and, you know, who, who can, you know, add power shots of his own or if you come in close, he can grapple with you. He can, he can get that clinch. You know, we see him from the clinch, even with his strikes and his trips, his trips are unbelievably good as well from there. So if he pushes you against the cage and gets you there and uses his size, uses his strength over you, that that's going to be tough, you know. I'm, against Wyman, especially in the clinch and from takedowns as well, you know, single legs, Gaslam struggled. He got taken down over and over again. That's why I say you need to be perfect because if he isn't perfect and if he does get inside too close and Jacker is able to clinch him up, or if he leaves himself open for takedown, he goes for a single leg and gets it. That could be curtains for Gaslam. So, you know, there is definitely a way Gaslam to win. I, I give him. Maybe 25, 30% chance of winning this fight. And I don't know why people pulling out percentages there. <laughs> We're going on percentages. But yeah. yeah, I, I do think uh, Jacare, uh, you know, he favors this, this fight favors him in, in a big way, I think. Yeah, I agree. I, I think the odds are pretty close. So um, people are thinking maybe that he, he can get the better Jacare on the feet. But I think I think he probably is a better striker. But I think Jacare is an underrated striker as well. Mm-hmm. He, he has decent fundamentals and he's, he's able to handle himself on the feet. He's, he's not just one dimensional. Uh, so I think yeah, I think Jack Ray's gonna have enough here. It'll maybe a submission or or a decision. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he'd probably be able to submit him. A, you know, I think Gaston will probably win large portions of this fight, but I think you know he, I could see him maybe hurting him uh, Jack Ray hurting him on the feet, getting a trip, getting a takedown, and uh and uh maybe finishing him off with a with a late takedown in, in this one. Um outside of that, then there's a few other good fights. Uh, what, what sticks out to you? I know Vitor and Machida, we will get to that in a second, but is there anything on, on the card sticks out to you with Mackenzie Dern, Amanda Cooper, John Lineker, Brian Keller, and a few more. Junior Albini and Olenek should be a good crack. Yeah, and my boy Alexi. The, the baby against the Ezekiel. 68-5. 55-11-1. Yeah, there's, down the card there's not much that's really catching my eye. But um, obviously the um, interesting to see Mackenzie Dern again. See, she didn't look all that great in her debut but you see debut but it could have been a bit of nerves and stuff like that amanda cooper is three and three but she's tough so she it'll be an interesting test we'll probably find out a lot about mackenzie dern in that one it's all uh john lineker is always fun to watch uh brian Callagher as well um and then obviously machida and belfour 
Uh, the rest of it, not so much. Um, there's an undefeated guy, Carl Robinson, 6-0. I, I'm not sure. I don't think I've even heard of him, but... Um, let me have a look at his record. Baby K is his nickname. Robertson. Oh. I don't believe that's a real name anyway. That's oh, Jesus. He already, he, he, already fought in, he already fought in the UFC against Darren Stewart. Fuck's I don't even remember that. Fuck's sake. But uh, just on, on the McKinsey-Darren fight, I think I think Amanda Cooper is actually a tough matchup for her. You know, you said she's 3-3, three and three, but the, the three she's also has Aspen Ladd, Tatiana Suarez, and Siltia Cavillo. You know, three very, very good fighters. Uh, she's beat uh, Anel Moyes, who... Who did Anel Moyes beat? She beat someone good, didn't she? Was it... Um, was it some Irish? Did she be? Or maybe. Um, did she? She, be fought, she, fought, she was in. She was in Cage Warriors. Uh, oh yeah, she. I think that was a that really massively disputed decision, was it? The amateur, yeah, yeah, the one that was uh, going going around for ages, and people were going mad about the decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that was an amateur, Am- though. I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Amanda Cooper. Amanda Cooper's a good fight. You know, a fighter. You know, she impressed me an awful lot in, uh, you know, in her fights and in in the uh, Ultimate Fighters one. Now she doesn't. You know, even in her losses, she's kind of she's impressed me a little bit. You know, if maybe the, the caviar fight went a bit a little bit early, and you you can uh, take that one aside. But you know, she's been submitted what three times in her career, all three losses by submission. So if it does get to the ground. That's going to be probably an easy night's work for McKinsey Durham. But on the feet, I think Amanda Cooper will probably have the better of it. So it's interesting again to see how Durham can get those takedowns, can get inside, maybe get a couple of trips. The last time she wasn't able to do that so well, she got there once, but that was uh, that was about it. And maybe she can look at someone like Jacare or someone like Damian Maya, who has changed up their games to go all out to get the trips and to get the takedowns to use their jujitsu so well. And, She's moved as well from the MMA lab. I believe she's training uh, with a couple of the Black House lads and stuff now as well in LA. And uh, you know, it wasn't it wasn't uh, I don't think it was the best breakup ever uh, between her and the MMA lab. So that's that's interesting and unfortunate. I think the MMA lab is a very good uh, very good camp, yeah. and she had been making improvements. So that's another big thing coming into this fight, isn't it? Yeah, and she also had uh, three wins on the Ultimate Fighter that are uh, listed as exhibition bouts because the the results weren't announced or whatever. Every, the, all the tough fights aren't aren't on your official record, so she's more experienced than her record would would say as well. She's also had a number of uh, uh, amateur fights as well, so she's she's experienced and she, she's definitely going to be the toughest test of uh, Mackenzie Dern's career so far. Uh, I think, I think, yeah, I think Mackenzie Dern like. <laughs> I haven't seen the odds. Let me check the odds, but I think it could, there could be a bet, like a, a flyer on Amanda Cooper. Could be could be the bet here. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, Amanda Cooper via via KO even might be a might be a good. But yeah, but I, I was looking at the odds earlier for the size up, which I was rudely interrupted on. Let me mention again, and I don't think they're uh, they're up fully yet. But uh, right. during the week, we'll probably have another podcast anyway on that, and uh, we will. We'll talk about it then. Brian Keller is another killer. He beat Yuri Alcantara. Um, and uh, and Hinn and Brow in his last four or five fights, and you know the two of those guys are are obviously very good. He's going to have the bit of size over over John Lineker, who's you know still one of the best fighters uh, in in the. Uh, this is the bantamweight division, isn't it? Yeah, he's he's gone up from flyweight. You know, obviously lost to TJ Lish a couple of fights ago, but has good wins over likes of John Dodson, Michael McDonald, and Young Creepy, who we're talking about uh, earlier on. I'm picking. Lineker in this one, but I'm 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 not sure about this at all. Brian Keller is a good fighter, and I think he's probably a better athlete than Lineker. But Lineker has this unbelievable ability to get inside and land those big shots and and get you know get that finish, get hurt lads like that. But Keller has never been knocked out. You know all his uh, all his finishes, uh, loss finishing losses are by submission. Or his three losses by decision as well, never been knocked out. So that's going to be uh, tough as well. But 
it's it, this is this should be a real fun fight. This is the probably the fight of the night in the making, isn't it? Yeah, this should be really good. Like uh, Keller's coming off a win over Barrow, and I know Barrow isn't isn't what he used to be, but but uh, he's still he's still a like still a really talented fighter, and he's he's he has a loss to, to Marlon Vera. But as you say, it's by submission. I don't think Lineker's going to be Lineker's going to be doing what Lineker always does, and he's going to be swinging swinging hard. So uh, yeah, this is going to be a very exciting fight. I, I'd say Lineker will probably do enough over three rounds, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't be wouldn't wouldn't be sure on that one. Um, Lineker is a bit one dimensional. He's kind of you can if you if you if you if you don't kind of play into his game, he just kind of keeps doing it and doesn't really have doesn't really have a plan B most of the time. So if Kelleher is smart about it, maybe he can he can edge out a decision. But I, I'd be going with Lineker to 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 win the decision here. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'd probably uh, probably got the same, or uh, could get the knockout as well. But yeah, um, yeah. We we get to feed Romichi. I I like Warley Alves as well fighting here against Sultan Aliyev, uh, and then Talis Leders against Jack Romanson as well. Jack Romanson seems to always fight in Brazil for some reason. Very odd, but I think <laughs> I think that's a good fight. I like Talis Leders as well. You know, not the best guy in the world, but an underrated kind of guy. And he was kind of a laughing stock for a long time because of his his last Anderson Silva. You know, he was kind of oh Anderson Silva's never fought anyone. He fought Talis Leders for the title, so. It's, He's a better fighter than you know that those those sort of sentiments uh, describe, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that one as well. But Vitor against Liotta, I think this this is a, a fight of who's older and who's more finished. Unfortunately, and I hate to say that between two legends, two very good fighters as well. But do you do you think it's it's probably the same way? Who's who's the older, more shopworn fighter here? Yeah, I think I think Vitor is the answer to that question as well. <laughs> I think he's he looks terrible these days. Uh... Unless he comes in looking miraculously different on the scale than he has the last few times, I think it's going to be a, uh, it's going to be Machida winning this one. But yeah, I think Machida, Machida's days at the at the top are done as well. So it, it's sad when it's it's sad the way kind of nearly all the guys when we started that were on top when when we when we were watching this the first few years we were watching MMA are kind of on the way out now. It's it's uh, it's strange seeing seeing them. Uh, uh, like obviously, it's not a case of like BJ Penn where where it's really sad watching him because he's so he's so far gone. But it, there's, there's fighters like Condit and Machida and loads of them that are that are on the way. As Silva, Anderson Silva, like you know, all these guys are are on the way out. So uh, it's uh, I don't know. This fight would have excited me massively like years ago, but uh, it doesn't really excite me anymore. It's just kind of whatever. Yeah, I, I think I think this is probably going to be. Easy enough for Machida. Now Vitor is still dangerous for like the first ninety seconds of fight, so he could catch him there. <laughs> yeah. the road. And and you know we've seen Machida has been knocked out a few times before, and you know he's he doesn't have the he, he's an all right chin, but he doesn't have the best chin in the world. You know he beat Eric Anders in his last fight, who's a a good athlete and, and things like that. So that you know that that would say that he's maybe his his fast twitch muscles are kind of still there, but he you know he did take a couple of knockouts against Yoel Romero and Derek Brunson uh, before that. You know, whereas Vitor, you know, he hasn't looked the same since the the whole TRT exemption uh, came in. He talked about retiring um, not too long ago. You know, he did beat Nate Marquardt in his last fight. with Nate Marquardt, another guy who kind of got off TRT and didn't look great. You know, he lost to uh, Kelvin Gastelum and and Gegard Mousasi and uh, Jacques in his three fights before that. So, you know, I, I definitely do think it goes down to who is more sharp and who's more who's older, who's more finished, kind of. And I definitely do do think that is Vitor, and I think. Leoto will be able to uh, 
to Lenti's counters here after the first 90 seconds a minute, maybe get the finish in the... I, I'd probably go for a second round win for Liotto here, to be honest. Uh, I think Vitor fades badly if he doesn't get that finish in the first 90 seconds, but I wouldn't rule, I wouldn't rule Vitor out. You know, he could get that finish in the first 90 seconds. You, you don't know how bad Majid is actually going to look, but you know, it should be a fun, relatively fun fight. It should be two lads going for it, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. okay. okay. I think I think Vitor will blitz, as you say, and I think once 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 he's kind of out of gas and once if it doesn't go his way, he'll kind of kind of give up a little bit. He won't he won't be the same, and Machida will will finish him then probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on. And the other big card, well, one of the other, do we have another card coming up uh, in a second that we're going to talk about? But one of the other big cards, and I suppose the biggest for us this weekend is Bama thirty five, which goes down at the Tree Arena in uh, the. The second capital of Ireland, Dublin, um, as Alex Lahore takes on Ian Pascoe in, in the main event. And there's some other good fights as well, like Kiefer Crosby, uh, Josh Plant, your boy Fabian Edwards is uh, is fighting on that one as well. Uh, it's not the best card in the world, but looking down through it, you know, there are some there are some good fights. Miles Price against Phil Rayburn as well. You know, Decky Dalton against Sean Tubman. I only know this last night as well. Your boy Anthony Taylor is over here fighting for Bama on this card as well. So that should be uh, fun. But yeah, it's... It's an all right card, isn't it? Not the best card they've had yet. Yeah, it's it's not up to the standard of the the previous cards they have, but there is some good fights, as you say. Uh, um, Kiefer Crosby, it's great to see him back. He's he's three and zero. He he hasn't fought in a while, but he's he looked much improved uh, fight to fight in in his pro career so far. So, uh, it'd be interesting to see him. I don't know much about your man Josh Powerplant, but uh, um, it's always it's always good to see. Uh, see uh, our, uh irish guys like Kiefer get co-main event slots and kind of big big spots in in arenas like uh the, the three arena and then obviously decky dalton is is fighting sean tobin that, that should be a good fight um you're looking down the down the card then dylan logan and adam gustav it's it's, it's all right uh dean barry and patrick blight like dean barry's a I think he's a he's either a kickboxer, a really experienced kickboxer, or a really experienced Muay Thai guy, and he's fighting Patrick Blight, who's zero and six. So uh, expect <laughs> Patrick Blight to get knocked the fuck out there. Uh, I'd say Miles um, Price. It's good to see him back. He's had a lot of problems as well. He's injuries and fights falling apart and stuff like that. So um, yeah, it's 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 all right. Like there's a good few Irish guys, so that's always good. It'll be, the crowd will be behind them. Um, there's there's people making their pro debut like uh, Austin Lynch, who's a good prospect. Uh, Dermot Obukala out of um, out of Team Rhino, and Martin Ward making his debut as well. And there's a uh, uh, there's a few other Irish guys on there as well, Dylan Manning and James Sheehan. So yeah, there's there's a good bit, there's a good bit for the Irish to support there, and a, a few pro debuts. Been interesting to see how people do, but there isn't that huge matchup or that that huge uh, exciting matchup that everybody's talking about or that people can't wait for so it'll be interesting to see the response to this card mm-hmm. I, I really the thing that stands out to me in this card is Kiefer Crosby to be honest I, I, I watched a few of his fights last night watching a few of Josh Josh Plant's fight last night and we've talked about it with Kiefer before, before it's just unfortunate that you know he he can't get that many fights. You know, he's, he's three fights and he made his debut in April 2016, hasn't fought since July of last year. And it's just, well, at, you know, at his stage, and it's it's funny because he, I watched his second fight and his third fight and the amount he changed between fights is unbelievable. So the amount he could change again coming into his fourth fight uh, could be absolutely huge again. But 
I, I look at that, that Reese McKee fight, the last fight, and you know, I think that's the bar that's been set for these prospects coming up. We, we talk about them, you know, Dylan Took or you know, and, and uh, Kiefer Crosby and Franz Malambo, and you know, obviously Reese and you know, Richie Smullen and whoever else you know you want to name. There's there, you know, there's a lot of a lot of guys uh, around the guys down in Cork as well doing doing great things, uh, you know, and, and coming up and then Team Ryan have a couple of guys and, and everyone else, but Kiefer Crosby. He's up there with the top, you know. I think Reese McKee, with his last performance, kind of took that accolade. He is the he's the best prospect coming out of Ireland now at the moment. But Kiefer Crosby is he's very good, you know. A lot of people talk about the SBG guys and them kind of being like McGregor, but I think Kiefer, Kiefer Crosby fights the most like him. You know, he that bullet of a left hand, that counter left hand, he just drop guys with it. You know, he, he puts guys to to sleep or puts them down anyway, puts them down hard. You know, he's when it gets to the ground, he's good. We we saw him getting that kind of the triangle elbows um finish. He he throws those McGregor elbows. He's good takedown defense. You know, when he when he's getting taken down, he uses those McGregor elbows that I, I talked so much about and uh you know to hurt guys and to make them pay for it. He absolutely you know, he caves in guys' skulls with elbows. You know, he's he's a nasty, rotten fighter, Kiefer Crosby. And, you know, it's, it's great to watch him. But it's it's interesting to see how much he's going to improve. And I, I watch a few Josh uh, Powerplant, who is one of the best nicknames in the world, fights as well. You know, he's, he, I believe he was on Team GB, under underage judoka. So he's, his judo is very good. He's a nasty guy as well who, you know, he, he bludgeons guys' face like hits very hard when it gets to the when it gets to the ground. Very very good ground upon hits hard on the feet as well. But I think Kiefer Crosby should win this fight. I think he's striking is more slick. You know he's that. You know he's a very good athlete. Fast lands that hand accurate as well with that left hand. And you know I think they probably should have made this the main event. Although you know Pascal against Lahore is a good is a good fight as well. But this could be a real coming out party for for Kiefer Crosby. And I think maybe if they have him, you know, we we talked about with Carl Moore a while back, and obviously didn't go so well. You know, the the uh, could have had the two titles. You could have seen this. You know, three arena. You could have seen that left hook knockout, and it, it could have been good to be to be headlining this for an Irish guy. You know, they, they could start calling him the next McGregor and everything like that. But yeah, I think. He's that's this is the fight that's kind of got me excited because Josh Plant is good as well. You know he's he's no walk over here, so you know in his fourth fight, Kiefer Crosby is getting a getting a tough matchup, and uh, it should be a fun one. Obviously, you've seen Kiefer probably a, a little bit closer up than most guys. What kind of a guy is he? What kind of a fighter do you do you see him as? Yeah, I think I think Kiefer uh, did it the right way. He he came over from kickboxing and he had a bunch of he had a load of amateur fights. Um, went to Italy, didn't he? Yeah, he, he fought actually off the topic, but Io Daly's making a comeback. He's going to fight. Uh, I haven't got the details yet, but he's going to fight in Malta in the, in the next couple of months. So uh, he, he's making his uh, he's making his return finally. Um, but uh, yeah, Kiefer fought guys like Io Daly, like really tough guys. Like he 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 took on all comers at uh, at amateur, which has really stood him in good stead. And I think he learned lessons and even going over to the IMAFs and having to make having to fight regularly and stuff like that. It's just good experiences. He just did it the right way and he was in no rush to turn pro. And then when he did turn pro, he reeled off three quick, quick victories. So he kind of, kind of the proof was in the pudding there. Like, so I think a lot of guys are, are too, too anxious to, to, to turn pro and may, maybe end up losing a couple of their, their first three or four pro fights because of that. But uh, I think Kiefer's done it right. And I think he's, he's, he's even, He's even in better shape. His strength and conditioning, his his ground game, even the striking, everything is better. Uh, everything has progressed uh, over the years, and he's he's as you say, it could have been the main event. I think probably because it's three and zero against two and one, and it's probably why it's not the main event. And mm -hmm. Alex Lahore is obviously fourteen and two with Pasco seventeen and eight, so that's probably the reason. But a co-main event slot is a big slot for 
for for Kiefer. And if 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 he goes out there and impresses and and gets the, gets the victory, then I think people will be talking about him after this. So it's a, it's a big his first kind of massive spot for him uh, in the spotlight. So I think I think he has enough experience. He's fought a cage warriors at amateur. He's fought he's fought in big shows already. So he has a good experience uh, that maybe Josh Plant doesn't have. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then the main event, then you, you mentioned it. You know, watching Ian, I watched Ian Pascu fight uh, Jack Romanson last night, actually, and he he made mince meat of Jack Romanson, you know, who's fighting in, in the UFC you now. And, you know, he fought Ed Root in his last fight over in Bellator, and Ed Root is one of, you know, their blue chip prospects, one of, one of the best guys over there, and he came up short. But Ian Pascu hits hard, you know, he's no joke. Alex Lahore is the same, you know, good wrestling, good striking, hits very hard as well. This. You know, this could be a this could be a, a nasty fight. You know, we saw Lahore getting uh, taken out his team at Richard Kiley and, and the last time they were in uh, Dublin. So I'm sure Pasco wouldn't mind getting a bit of um, a bit of revenge for that one and maybe maybe taking Lahore out here. But it this should be this should be a pretty fun fight as well. You know, it's, it's this card isn't maybe doesn't have the you know the biggest names or the the excitement. But you know, there's a couple of those, especially those two top top fights. They could be you know nasty. You know, hard hitting fights with a, with a big knockout in him. Yeah, definitely. He has some really good wins, like Lee Chadwick as well. He beat he beat um, he beat Henry Fadipe. Like every in an Irish MMA scene knows how talented Henry is, and he just hit him with a. As you said, he has loads of power. Hit him with a big ground and pound shot in the first round, and he was he was out. Um, and then Ed Root is obviously like he's a big prospect. Bellator have uh, have big plans for him, it seems, and. He lost a decision there, but it, it it's it's no real it's no real shame losing there. And I think I think this Alex Lahore matchup is actually a nice matchup for for Ian Pascal. I could see him like uh, Alex Lahore is a, is a great fighter, but he's he, in his last fight he, there was some of the the holes in his game were kind of were kind of shown. And Terry Brazier that he he can be taken down. And I think Ian Pascal could do that, and he could he could he could end up getting a TKO if he lands one of his big. He has like as I was saying about the Fadipe, but he has big ground and pound and. He's a he's an experienced guy as well, so it, it's a tough it's a tough matchup for Alex Lahore coming off a loss. Like it's a it's definitely no easy rebound fight. Yeah, and you're biting Fabian Edwards coming in here, uh, yeah. against another uh, another SG, SPG but guy in Claudio Conte. Um, how how do you how do you see this one going? Look at Claudio's record there. You know, kind of a a 50-50 sort of record there being submitted a few times uh, and uh, Fabian got a brilliant submission in his last fight after getting hurt a little bit. Oh, tell you know, if people haven't heard you talking about Fabian Edwards before, how good actually is he, do you reckon? Yeah, well, time will tell, but he seems to have all the, the attributes uh, to, to be really good. He's he's, un, he's undefeated 10-0 and amateur and now he's 4-0 already a pro. He's he's looking like he's fighting regularly. He, he hasn't been in much trouble uh, bar the last fight where he, he got cracked and he kind of he, he kind of it seemed like he decided once he was cracked oh i better finish this and then within about 10 seconds he'd, he'd finished it so um maybe that was a good lesson about not messing around and just kind of not showing off your skill just going in there and getting the job done as quickly as possible and i think i think uh it's a tough matchup for for uh claudio conti he's 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 had a he's had a good few fights like seven four and two is a bit of a a mixed record but he's he's moved over to SBG recently so it'll be interesting to see if uh uh if he's made much much improvements uh while being there but uh i think i think fabian's gonna have too much from uh everywhere even though it's 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 hard to really say that when you haven't seen uh much much of uh of conti and hope and obviously he's moving over with the intention of in, in improving so you you think that uh he may have improved but i i think 
I think Fabian uh, has been uh, this matchup has been selected by Bama for, uh, for Fabian for a reason. I think they see him as a, a real prospect, and um, there was talk it was going to be the main event. It isn't going to be now, but I think that shows how much they think about Fabian Edwards that they were considering that. Yeah, understand. Yeah, a few other good fights as well. You know, just against Robinson, Sean Betts mentioned that over on, on Patreon on the UK MMA show. He he's a big fan of that one. Miles Price against Phil Rayburn as well. This should be a should be a very good fight. You know, you've um, you Steve Owens as well coming back in here. You know, he's a he's a, a good fighter out of uh, SPG as well, I believe. And you mentioned a few more lads. You know, Jermaine Dubuque, and Warden, and a few more. But Decky Dalton against Sean Tobin. That's a real. A real striker versus wrestler matchup, isn't it? You know, Sean Tobin obviously down in Cork and uh, Decky Dalton uh, up uh, up north. That should be a fun fight. You know, if you you think that this, the the wrestling of Sean Tobin might see him through, but if Decky Dalton can keep it on the feet, he could uh, he could he could have some joy in that one. Yeah, he's he's always fun to watch as well. Decky Dalton, he's been to some great scraps, including one of the best one of the best Irish MMA fights in recent memory against uh, Peter Queeley yeah, at uh, Cage Legacy. It was a, it was a great fight. He's he's uh, he's a really tough guy. Uh, he obviously uh, who was the the guy? What's your man's name? The guy from the, who won the Ultimate Fighter? Um, uh, Jonathan Brookings. Oh, Jonathan Brookings. Yeah, he was. Uh, Decky Dalton was doing really well in that fight against Jonathan Brookings in in the Bama Bellator Pro Promotion. But uh, I think the wrestling kind of was too much for him in the end. But uh, it could be a case of that with, with Tobin. But uh, but I think I'd probably go with with Decky Dalton in this one. But as you say, if if Tobin can get the takedowns, it's, it's a, uh, regularly when he wants, it's a different story, and he'll probably get the decision. But uh, I'd go with Decky Dalton just to to use the striking and scrappiness to to get the job done. Mm-hmm. And of course, the biggest star in the three arena. On uh, on Saturday night will be Sean Sheehan, obviously. As I'm making my way up, uh, <laughs> I'm making my way up to see the cards. Making so. the voyage, making the making the voyage up. So if anyone, uh, any friends of the podcast or anything, see us. Wear your Severe MMA t-shirts. Buy one. You probably probably won't be up to you by this stage, but you can buy one. Where is it? SevereMMA.com forward slash merchandise. Buy one over there. Bring it up. Uh, wear it as you're coming in, and if you see us, come up, say hello to us, and uh, we'll have a we'll have a bit of a chat and stuff. But yeah, looking forward to going up to, to see that one. See all the lads, yourself and PT and everyone else. McGahan isn't going, I believe. He's doing some fucking hugging tournament some jiu-jitsu tournaments before that and then he's going to cage legacy as well but we, we i believe andy cowan is going to cage legacy as well so we'll have cage legacy and bama ball covered on uh, on saturday night so stick over severe and uh we'll bring you all that uh all that good stuff there looking forward to grammar yeah yeah it should be good crack i always enjoy these uh these big irish shows and the the the, the point or the three arena the point i just call it the point because the name changes all the time yeah that's part <laughs> of the point it's called for. all right let's move on and the other big card coming up this weekend is bellator 199 which is an an oddly good card and i'm just thinking <laughs> an oddly good card thank we didn't forget about it the last two bellators we totally forgot about them so thank 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 god bless that we didn't forget about this one but um yeah. the main card is good anyway the rest of the card is a bit yeah useless <laughs> yeah. uh rmp goes back and he's fighting a guy named lee morrison who on sherlock it shows here is a 19 and 8 veteran so that's you know that could be another uh another interesting match up there you know he's one of his last four fights uh in a row has uh has morrison so that's you know could be could be an, another interesting one for for uh for pico here uh yeah, did, did guy, Morrison, his last fight was at, his last three fights were at welterweight his one before that was at lightweight and now this one's at featherweight so uh he's just a bounce around divisions i don't know what size he is <laughs> but uh he's fought, he fought some big guys and he, he's won his last three by finish one being an, an injury so he, he's winning at welterweight so uh he might be he might be a really big guy he might be hard to deal with he's got a lot of experience as you said um pico's he's not taking on uh 
he's not taking a slow road. Like he came in there straight away. Obviously, it wasn't ideal what happened, but uh, he, he got caught with a punch, and that can happen. I think in the second fight, he, he kind of proved what what uh, what he's about, and he'll probably be able to. He'll probably he'll probably be able to wrestle this guy. He's probably been picked for a reason, but. If this guy's beat out there beating finishing welterweights, he's definitely he's definitely no pushover. Yeah, see, he's a win over uh, over Julian Rosa, who we know very well. You know, beat well didn't beat Paddy Pimblet, but probably should have beaten Paddy Pimblet on the on the scorecards in that very very close fight on uh, on uh, the cage where he's fought twice in the in the UFC as well. Fought on the McGregor versus Diaz undercard against Trudeau Ishihara. So you know, if he can beat someone like that, he's no he's definitely no joke. So that's that could be an interesting fight for Pico. But you know, Pico looked good in his uh, his last couple of fights after picking up the the loss in in his first fight. So that's uh, he's interesting to see again. It's pity we just. Uh, Pity we can't uh, can't watch this. But the, the top three fights then, uh, we've checked Congo against uh, Congo. Against How many fouls are we predicting in this in this fight? How many takedowns? Fifteen minutes of lying on top of poor Javier. Fouls? How many knees to the balls? Javier Ayala, you know he's he's a guy who's you know he's fought a lot of uh, fought a lot of good guys. You know fought Ryan Nelson his last fight, uh, Sergey Haritanov before that, and you know and a few more guys as well that that you we'd know. Um, you know, it's, it's he, he actually gave Ryan Nelson a pretty good fight. Beat beat Haritanov as well, knocked him out. But you you probably favor Czech Congo in this. You know, he's been he's been going pretty well uh, as of late. He's won what five in a row now. I think you know maybe not the best um, the best matchups uh, in the world, but you know had a good career in Bellator so far. You know, he's what last only two fights of his eight or nine that he's had he's had there so would you favor him in this one i i think i would probably bit of wrestling bit of a few takedowns and stuff like that um yeah i probably would but it's hard to know it's hard to know um yeah i, I probably agree but uh, I, I don't know if i'm that interested in this fight really to be honest john bellator should do they should sign pat barry and do that rematch congo against barry yeah, well, I wonder why like, Pat Barry retired just kind of because he wasn't going to make it to the top, or was there was there a reason behind that? He, he did a bit of kickboxing then, but I think it's just mainly to to concentrate on Rosalind Yunus, kind of kind of training her and, and being with her and stuff. Obviously, they're I don't know how they mar- they're not married, they're their boyfriend and girlfriend anyway and stuff. And I think he's kind of said that before, so you know, it's probably a good decision. No, she's champion of the world, so fair play. Yeah, to it's him. worked but, out. Yeah, it's definitely worked out. That was some uh, fight though, that Pat Barry Czech Congo fight. I'm really, yeah, I'm a, do you know what? I have an episode of the rewatch to do this week over on Patreon. That might be it. I might, uh, I might. Yeah, you should that. do that one. That great crack. Czech Congo, Pat Barry. There you go. So that'll be up this week. Sign up Patreon.com forward slash Remember Podcast. Or you could do Paul Daly against Nick Diaz. He's I could, in, yeah. In the, in the I, main, I, 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 that was the first one I was going through, but I've kind of held off on it. So, uh, yeah, I might. But, uh, yeah, I might do that next week. So, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. This John Fitch against Paul Daly in the comment event. This, we talked about this a little bit before, but this is just horrendous matchmaking, isn't it? Why would you, <laughs> why would you make, why would you make John Fitch against Paul Daly? Like, you've, you've won the best strikers one of the most fun strikers in, in the world, maybe one of the best strikers in Bellator, you know, very good fighter, and you put him in there against a wrestler, and he, you know, we've seen him against wrestlers before, we've seen him against Josh Koscheck just taken down and punched Josh, Josh Koscheck after the bell. Why would you do this to Paul Daly? And I know why they're doing it Paul Daly probably, because he's he's only, I think he's only one fight left in his contract, he's he's come out and said he wants out of this contract and all, so this is probably why they are doing it, put him in there against John Fitch, so they can build John Fitch up to fight Ronnie McDonald or something like that, but yeah, it's stupid, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think John Fitch is, uh, he's not going to be messing around in the feed, he's going to go straight for the takedown, and if if unless Paul Daly somehow finally after fifty-seven fights put it together, uh, his his defensive takedown or uh, yeah his takedown defense together, then I think it's going to be a, a long night for him on his back. 
Yeah, John Fitch is not what he used to be. Either, though. He's, he is 40 know, as well, but yeah. Yeah, he, he could, if he gets stand up for a while, you know, I, I give Daly a good chance of knocking him out. And maybe he can, you know, every every round starts standing up. Easy for me to say. Uh, <laughs> you probably, yeah, you probably think John Fitch. What about the main event in this? This to me is it could be the, the final of the uh, the heavyweight tournament as two light heavyweights Ryan Bader takes on King Mohammed Lawal, your boy, your your uh, your wrestling <laughs> King Mohammed Lawal. Tell the people about that if they don't know. Oh, I, I, yeah, um, he he uh, wrestled the shit out of me in the Green Oil Hotel after. Um, <laughs> well, like I asked him to, just I just wanted to see how actually difficult it was. Him and his wrestling coach were wrestling me. I was how difficult and how. Just what it was really like, and I was getting slammed on the ground. I was, I was drunk at the time, so I felt grand. But the next day, I woke up and my tailbone was wrecked. <laughs> I was just like, oh, I couldn't sit down properly for like a week. But uh, yeah, uh, I was I was going crack. But uh, yeah, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be Ryan Bader, uh, Ryan Bader's fight here. I think I think he's just I think he's just really good everywhere. Ryan Bader, okay, he's not elite anywhere maybe, but he. He fo- he's got to follow in the game plan. Usually he's he's strong everywhere. Striking is underrated. Um, they're similar enough fighters, but I just think Bader is slightly better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I tend to agree with that. I think it's I think that I do agree they're they're similar. I think it could be a close fight. I think it's probably probably going to is this five rounds or three rounds? It's three rounds, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, three so. rounds. I yeah, think it's going to be a close decision, yeah, but I think... Yeah, I do, I do as well, yeah. It's like Mohamed Lual is a very good wrestler, as you found out, and, you know, we'll be, <laughs> to, we'll be able to be able to continually take him down. I think this could probably turn into a kickboxing match. Then who's kickboxing is better? I think Bader's probably is, but I think King Mo is good. He's good boxing, a good jab. Um, I think Bader might be a little bit more elusive, might be a little bit better of an athlete. You know, if King Mo has had an awful lot of problems with his legs and stuff, mightn't be as moving, might be moving as well as he, he used to in days of old. But yeah, I'd probably just about pick Bader, but I'm looking forward to seeing this. I don't think it'll be a classic by any means, but I think I think it'll be a close fight. I think it'll be a hard battle, and uh, I'm looking forward to finding a legal stream to watch this on uh, on Friday to 12th of March, Friday, Saturday night as well. Oh, yeah. So I'll have to. Does do you are they they're both on the same time? The UFC and Bellator are both on Saturday night, are they? Um, actually, I'm not sure. And Bama as well. So yeah, I'll have to rush home from from uh, Dublin. If anyone's a free hotel in the Gibson, let me know and you can give it to me so I can stay there. Or, or if I'm not, otherwise, I'm, I'll be coming home and uh, and going straight up to watch the UFC and stuff like that. Right. <laughs> Let's move on, Graham. Let's get into the questions here before we go. I believe you have a few from Patreon. Someone asked Patreon. specifically yeah. for you to write out, read out a couple from Patreon. I have a couple from Patreon as well. Before we get, if you if you want to have your question guaranteed to be answered in future uh, podcasts, go over patreon.com forward slash Severe Podcast and sign up. And uh, we put a post up there every week, and you can comment under that or send it to Severe Podcast at gmail.com and we'll answer your questions there. So, Graham, belt away. Here's uh, Johnny Byrne. He says, uh, bold predictions of the week. Answer with slight chance or no chance. <laughs> also to be read by Graham, he says, one, Bellator to come to Russia before the UFC with Fedor headlining and brother Alexander on the undercard. Ooh, slight chance or no chance? Okay, slight chance, I'd say. Ooh, um, slight chance, but very slight chance. <laughs> uh, two, Stipe Miocic fights for Zufa boxing in the next two to three years. No chance. No chance. Uh, three. Dylan Dennis goes zero and two in his next two fights. Dylan Dennis goes zero and two. Um, slight chance, but probably no chance. 
Yeah, slight, there's always a slight chance. If you lose one, then the pressure's on a second one. But I think the the matchup, the matchings, the ma- the matchmaking is going to be favorable for him for the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for Tisha Torres beats Joanna by unanimous decision. Slight chance. No more slight of a slight chance. chance. That's an okay chance. Yeah, I think, I think yeah, there a chance, is a slight yeah. chance. Yeah. Uh, five. Chad Mendez gets a UFC better way title shot in 2019. 2019. Yeah, there's a slight chance of that. Yeah, yeah slight chance. Yeah, probably more than a slight chance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Frankie Edgar. Last one. Frankie Edgar doesn't get a title shot for the rest of his career. No chance. <laughs> there's a slight chance. No, there is. He got one next. People are already calling for it. He got fucking bludgeoned into another fucking universe there two weeks ago, and people are saying, "Oh, give that man. He deserves his title shot." What the fuck? <laughs> it's longer than two weeks. There's a point since, but yeah. Go on. There's another couple of questions there. What you have uh, the, the Patreon on? Lash him out. I'm gonna butcher this name, but Burger Nicholson. Sorry about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says that. Thanks for signing up, even though Graham can't say your name. Go on. If Nick Diaz returns, do you actually care to see him fight? His last fight was three years ago where he looked bang average against Anderson Silva. Yeah, I definitely want to see uh, Nick Diaz back. Uh, Bisbing was saying he wanted to fight him, so I'd, I'd watch that. <laughs> yeah, I'd watch it, Nick Diaz against anybody pretty much. Yeah, it'll just be fun to have Nick back, I hope. Uh, yeah, Bisping seems a perfect fight. Bisping wants the last fight before he goes. Nick Diaz versus Bisping, everyone wants to see that. Yeah, and, sure. and there was nothing bang average about him lying down like Kate Winslet in the Titanic during yeah. that fight. Every night in my <laughs> dreams. <laughs> right, oh, the other one. Brilliant. Uh, also, oh, who do you like in Gasolum versus Jackeray Ray from Dalton Stickney? Yeah, Jack Ray, yeah, we, t- we talked about in that in a big way earlier. Yeah, is that the last one you have there? I have a couple more from uh from Patreon. Uh, Jack Durge is asked, What's crack boys? I have one for the pod. Who do you think has got uh has got away with more in, in the fans' eyes? John Jones or Conor McGregor? Hmm, I think it's probably still John Jones. You know, he does have the drug things, he, he did crash into a woman in a car. You know, McGregor has done the, uh, obviously he's alleged throwing of things that we all saw on video uh, and jumping into the cage and belter. I think, I still think John Jones is a level above what McGregor has done, but you know, McGregor is probably second if you're, if you're picking out kind of bad boys of the, of the UFC at the moment. Bad boys, bad boys. Yeah. What you gonna um, do? yeah. John Jones has been doing it a lot longer, I think. <laughs> a lot of, a yeah. lot longer, a lot John more kind of outrageous. <laughs> Yeah, he's a lot of previous. And in Dalton Sickney as well, uh, uh, one from last week that we just got after the podcast, so we'll, we'll uh, stick it in here now. Who do you like in Aldo versus Stevens fight? Aside from the flash KO from Connor, the only guy to beat Aldo, Max uh, did it not by letting Aldo control the pace and Max is out, but Stevens doesn't really push a pace like Max. If you let Aldo control the pace, I think he gets picked apart. Aldo's boxing and defense is second and Max in the second match fight was the best it's ever looked i hope if aldo gets a win he moves up to lightweight for a fight or two that's actually a very interesting point isn't it yeah if i think stevens has been changing a little bit in that he will push the pace or, or control the pace but if he does let aldo control the pace or if aldo manages to control the pace himself i think that's i think that's a fight aldo can definitely win aldo you know i think he's come up against someone very good against max holloway twice and, and conor mcgregor so we still did, did see him in between those you know take frank edgar to school everyone's favorite fighter frankie uh, frank edgar so you know i i wouldn't i'm not sure who my pick is yet i need to go back and watch uh watch some fights of uh, especially of jeremy stevens you know i just watched so many of these as it's, it's hard to put them all together at the same time but aldo i wouldn't rule aldo out at all in this fight would you yeah, I know. I think Aldo. I think Aldo's going to win this one. Um, I think like obviously Max Holloway and and Conor McGregor are are elite guys. 
Uh, I don't think Jeremy Stevens is. I think he's a good fighter who's who's actually surprisingly made some some good progression in his career uh, recently when he seemed to have kind of plateaued for a, a while. But I think uh, Aldo's gonna have uh, gonna have too much, and he's too he's too good on the feet for him. And and if if Jeremy Stevens was to look to take to get a takedown, I don't think he'd be able to get it. So I think Aldo is gonna win on the feet here, probably a decision. Mm-hmm. Daniel Bradley over on Facebook if Montano fights Shevchenko will she be the biggest underdog champion in UFC history I think she probably will be um, um, under, um, yeah probably I'm trying to think of big underdog champions what about Matt well, Sarah yeah. Yeah. Um, hmm. yeah I'd say, I'd say he probably is but I, I haven't I can't really think of, of any others that would, would be close yeah, I think she probably will be. What, what about that thing earlier on as well? Which with Ari put up a report that uh, the UFC were kind of struggling to get to Montano to fight. Then Montano came out and said she was injured. She had been in, you know, in uh, in in surgery and stuff. I, you know, I think it was kind of it was unfortunate all around. Maybe Ariel, you know, he he didn't get a, a message back from her because she said she was still recovering. She couldn't talk and stuff. Uh, and you know, maybe he reported a little bit too quick. But what he reported, I think, was was right enough. Maybe well, he didn't know. say what she said. He's no, he said. she didn't either. And then she absolutely lost it as well. And when you know, when made a total mountain out of them all altogether. So you know, she definitely you know made it look worse than it was. But yeah, fair enough. Look, she's out of surgery and stuff. She can't fight at the moment. So you know, she's not dodging the fight. You know, there's so you know. What can you do, I suppose, if you're in, in that situation? Uh, it's a shitty place for her to be as well. You know, if maybe, you know, some people are kind of accusing her of running away from Shevchenko and stuff, you know, if she's out of surgery, you know, that's obviously not the case. So, you know, you'd, you'd feel for her as well there. But, yeah, I'm, hopefully they can get that fight made uh, made pretty soon. All right, over to Twitter. It's funny, actually, I, I you know, we we'd, were supposed to do this at like 10 o'clock tonight. We did it. What time is it? Like half three or something like that. So, uh then we, we had to do it quickly because we didn't get many questions in. So I text one a couple of lads like, here, lads, send in a few questions there. One lads, he hates MMA and he sent in a question and it's actually a pretty good question. <laughs> I was like, how do you know about this lad? And he's like, oh, I listen to Joe Rogan podcast. Okay, JJ Murphy, at JJ Mouse Murphy. Who is a better smack talker, Connor or Colby Covington? And how important is it being a showman now as well as being a good fighter? Graham. Oh, Connor's way better than Kobe Covington, but Kobe Covington's doing a great job of making people he hate is, him, yeah. and and he'd just be another, he'd just be another fighter on the roster if he didn't if he just mm-hmm. oh I'll fight whoever the UFC wants me oh yes sir or whatever no sir but but this like people are like I hate this guy even like submission radio tagged us in their their thing and I retweeted it they had Kobe on the show and people are like oh, I'm not listening to the show I hate this guy yeah I hate this they, people really hate him like you know he's it's really worked and he's out there spoiling movies and stuff on his Twitter he's Legend. having the crack like he's he's just doing the perfect like heel thing like to use a pro wrestling term mm-hmm. the, i think the funniest thing is people coming out saying oh what, what are people talking about saying that kobe covington is having no effect on people you know he, uh kobe's doing absolutely nothing he's not gonna put one arse in one seat he's doing absolutely nothing this he's just being an asshole and like mm, yeah and you know what you just did there you just tweeted about Colby covington you know who do you know who you're not tweeting about Cameron Usman, do you know you're you know you're not tweeting about you're not tweeting about Alex Oliveira. Why are you not tweeting about those guys? <laughs> yeah, do you know they're fucking marking out for him. Like you know he's he's way yeah. to walk Now I don't think he is getting lads in to to seats or he's not getting, um you know he's not 
pushing pay-per-view boys or anything like that. But he is, as you mentioned, he's getting his name out there. He's getting an interim title shot against Rafael Desanos when, you know, he's beaten Demi Mai, but other than that, he's not beaten, you know, great at all. He, people know who he is. You know, people know what he's about. You know he's a dickhead. And that's what you want. It is. We've talked about it so many times. I watch I, I watch fights here. And I go back and look through these cars like, who the fuck is that guy? You know, that Carl Robertson fella you mentioned earlier. Like, oh, he fought in the UFC before. No one, uh, you didn't even remember him. Like, it's so hard. There's so many fighters these days. Even top level, high level guys ranked in the UFC. I, I look at the rankings here. Devison Figueiredo ranked in the flyweight division. Who the fuck is he? Never heard of him. <laughs> there's loads of lads like that like rank guys that you couldn't pick out from a lineup like that you wouldn't even know and and colby covington's up here and everybody knows him everybody's talking about him everybody's complaining about him he has he, he knows exactly what he's doing he like. knows exactly what he's doing he's doing it so fucking well it's 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 actually brilliant what he's doing you know and and it's uh, people probably you're know, looking at me now and to fucking me out of it saying he's a dickhead and fair enough like if you if you're a nerd and you like those films and he's uh He's uh he's ruining them on you. That, that's why. why would you follow him? Why would you? I never, I never, never once saw the spoiler he gave for that film. N- didn't even see. I just saw people complaining about it. You know, there's a boycott going on of him now by a couple of the MMA sites, which I think is pretty funny. A boycott of Colby Covington is exactly what he wants. You're just playing into his hands. Uh, oh, I'm. Uh, he's going to just start saying now that the media won't cover him and that you know he's banned in in MMA media and all this. It's he's going to absolutely love that. It's just playing right into his hands, and you know they're yeah, they're, they're not, selling for him. They're not covering anything. It's just stupid in my opinion. Just for, yeah. it's just... I think it's hilarious though. It's very funny, very funny. All right, a couple more questions here. Uh, Patrick, who fucking rudely interrupted me, I should be answering his question. Apache in one, two, three. Seeing how good uh, <laughs> Kyoji Haraguchi still is, why do you think the UFC caught him and do you think they would should get him back? What did they cut him? I think he kind of just got more money and wins. Although they, they didn't try to keep him. So, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'm not sure if they offered him a contract or he probably just got, you can get, like, if you're a big name, you can get more money outside the UFC. It, maybe you wouldn't be a big name in the UFC, but you're a big name outside the UFC. Um, for him, it probably just makes sense. He, he, he may come back at some stage, but for the moment he's probably just racking up the cash yeah 100% uh, Nickel there has your excitement for cards over the last 12 months or so started to die down due to the amount of injuries and withdrawals we usually see before events and should the UFC change back or should everyone tr- change back to slightly later wins because we've seen a lot more pullouts since they change out yeah I think 100% I think most people now would agree that uh, we should change back to the later wins but has the has your excitement died down? I don't think my excitement no. has, has really died down. I think I, I still get excited for things that I need to get to be to be uh, things I need to be excited about. You know, there's there isn't as many of them maybe now, or maybe because there's so much not to get excited about that they they um you know they kind of get overshadowed a little bit. But no, I think uh, good fights. Are, are, you know, it's, it's good to get excited about. Him. Like I'm excited for Jack or Gaslam. I'm excited to see how it looks early. You know, for Nunes, uh, Pennington. I'm excited about Colby RDA. I'm really excited about Till versus Wonderboy. No, no, I, I think I'm. I say get excited for the fights. So yeah, that, that's that. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay, yeah. Here's a, a 
good question I got yesterday, actually. Uh, about the boxing, yeah, we said we get back to the boxing. Corey at Corey McGuigan32. I know you're not a boxing media, but we'd be interested to hear your thoughts on pay versus value too uh, and what Tony should do next and the 50 million offer from Wilder to Anthony Joshua. Hey, what, that Wilder Joshua, did you see that? Um, no, no. Anthony Joshua did an interview and he said, if Deontay Wilder offers him 50 million, he'll fight him. So Deontay Wilder came out and goes, I offer you 50 million. They sent in an email offering him 50 million. And everyone's saying like, oh, Joshua, take the fight. Come on, he's offered you 50 million. But Eddie Hearn kind of came out then, the Joshua's promoter, and said, uh, okay, 50 million. Do you have 50 million to give us? You know, where's the venue going to be? What's going on? Uh, and, you know, apparently they're, they're in talks now, but, you know, Wilder's team maybe isn't giving the best answers in the world. It's kind of just a, a talking point more than anything else. So I think maybe this was this was a publicity stunt more than anything else, but hopefully that fight that fight does get made. It should be a good fight. So that's that. Uh, hey, Bell, you too. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's hard to see what's next for Tony Bellew. You know, there's, he called out Andre Ward. He called out Usyk after the fight as well, going back down to Cruiserweight. Um, maybe if Joshua and Wilder doesn't get made, maybe he can fight Wilder. I don't say he said before he doesn't want to fight Wilder, and I think that'd probably be a bad match for him, just a little bit too big and powerful. But I would mind seeing Andre Ward against uh, against Bellew, yeah, and I, I think he should uh, should probably retire as well after that. Uh, all right, three or four more here before we go. Mr. Podge, legend, friend of the podcast, at one. Mr. Podge, give him a follow, friend of the podcast. Where does the winner of this go next? And he's talking about Paul Felder versus James Vick, which is a big fight for 155. Could it be the next uh, title challenger? Good fight, isn't it, James Vick and uh, and Paul Felder coming up here, UFC Boise? Yeah, it is a really good fight. Um, I think... I think... It makes sense. I think uh, Vic's been finding it hard to get matchups, and I think uh, Felder has as well in the past. So Felder's looking up, looking to step up uh, on short notice a couple of times to fight higher ranked guys. So I think, I think whoever wins this will will be right right in the mix there for maybe not a title shot, but a, a, a fight, a, a limit, uh, definitely in some kind of like top five, top six opponent and get if they win that they'll obviously be getting towards the title shot. But I think there's, there's it's so stacked up there that it's 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 gonna take a couple of fights. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Uh Ross Hannon, out of Alvarez Poirier and Lee, who do you think McGregor would want to fight the most? Alvarez Poirier and Lee. Probably Lee because he's beaten the other two already, although he probably wouldn't want to fight Lee either. So none of them. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Groat Hartnett and Simon O'Keefe ask about Dylan Dennis and uh, maybe what's what's next for him. Uh, I I think you take it slow. I you know they kind of ask about Bellator being the perfect place. I think Bellator is a good place for for someone like Dylan Dennis. You know, build him up slowly, and, and you know, get him eight, nine, ten fights before you you give him that big push. I think he needs that. So yeah, that's a uh, that's what I'd I'd probably do uh, do for him. Um, AC8480. Outside of Habib versus Connor. Um, oh, yeah, he has said to pick the winners of these fights. Uh, Habib versus Connor. Who wins that? Connor. Habib. Paria versus Diaz. Ooh. Um, Jesus, that's a good fight. Um, oh, I don't know. I'll probably go. I'll probably go Diaz. Uh, I'm. Yeah, I'd probably go Diaz. I don't know, actually. No, he, I don't know. I think, I, I think Diaz was kind of taking the piss at the, at the end of his before the McGregor fight when he was he was unhappy. He was trying to just run down his contract. He wasn't really. I think that kind of scarred people's memories of how good he actually can be when he when he's on form. Yeah, yeah, I'll go for Diaz as well. So fuck it. Lee versus Alvarez. Uh, I think Kevin Lee would probably win that. What was it, Lee? Who? Alvarez, Eddie Alvarez. 
Ooh, that's another tough one. Um, Lee's looks really good recently, but Eddie Alvarez is so tough. Um, yeah, I'd probably, uh, ooh, I'd probably go Eddie Alvarez. Yeah, and the last one then, um, where are we? Uh, Michael Chiesa versus James Vick. Uh, Vick. Yeah, I think Vick would probably, uh, probably win that one again. But yeah, there's a, a lot of good... Yeah, a lot of good fights there, and uh, yes, that, that, a lot of good questions. Well, thanks to everyone for sending us in. Obviously, we don't have as much questions as normal because we uh, we had to rush the podcast. Thanks to Graham being a fucking prick and changing up his time on me and stuff. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that should be it anyway. Uh, Graham, give uh, give the people uh, tell them where they can find us uh, and everything like that while I'm finding an inspirational quote there. Quick, uh, you can find me at Severe MMA on Twitter, Sean at Sean Sheehan BA uh, at Severe MMA Pod. Uh, Instagram at Severe MMA www.patreon.com forward slash Severe MMA podcast we're all over the gaff facebook.com forward slash Severe MMA com beautiful beautiful All right, thanks everybody for listening head on over patreon.com forward slash Severe MMA podcast sign up for Euro 10 cent a month to help us out help yourself out loads of great content over there All right, here's the inspirational quote it's only possible to live happily ever after on a day-to-day basis. We'll see you next Tuesday or Monday or Sunday.